0: Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining Church on the Real Real. That's R-E-E-L, as in the multi-platform broadcast, R-E-A-L, as in having a genuine conversation or true dialogue about faith-based issues. I'm your host, Donna Mee. Christians have disagreed about how to properly interpret spiritual conundrums from the beginning. For example, how is it that God is both three and one? How was Jesus able to embody both humanity and divinity? Do Christians need to interact with the world or should they keep their distance? Is faith more important than works or vice versa? Today's topic is the test of good works. We are continuing in the book of James, chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. Let's talk about faith for a little bit. Faith is a state of devotion to assurance in and, and believing in God. When used as a verb, the word faith refers to the act of believing in God. Faith may be summed up into two words, sure and certain. These two traits need to have a clear beginning and ending points. Our starting point is believing that God is who he says he claims to be. The conclusion is to have faith that God will keep his word and perform what he has promised. True faith permits us to believe that even if we cannot see God's promises now, he will keep them. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. NIV says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Believing God is merely the first step. God will not be satisfied with just being acknowledged. He wants to have an intimate, dynamic connection with us that will change our lives. God will reward those who seek him with the intimacy of his presence hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 niv says fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god The became james version of this passage uses author and finisher instead of pioneer and perfecter. Jesus established the base of our faith by exemplifying a life of faith and giving us power through the gospel. He builds up and deepens our faith by leading us through experiences that purify us and make us more like him and his father. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 through 9, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. According to this verse, we become Christians by God's free grace and not because of our own efforts, talents, wise decisions, or deeds of service. We should strive to serve others with compassion, love, and gentleness out of gratitude for this gift rather than only doing it to satisfy our own needs. God intends for our salvation to lead to acts of service, even if nothing we can do can help us achieve salvation. We are not only saved for ourselves, but also to serve Christ and advance the church. And the question is, why does God save us by faith alone? I'm so glad you asked. I have four points. Faith is not a thing that we can perform. It eliminates the pride of human endeavor. Faith exhausts not what humans do, but what God has done. Faith acknowledges that we cannot uphold the law or meet God's standards. We need assistance. Lord knows I do. Faith is founded on the connection that we have with God and not on what we do for him. Now, throughout this podcast today, the terms works and deeds will be used interchangeably. And for clarity, works and deeds are referring to any service unto the glory of God. James faced theological challenges head on without hesitation. Some early church officials really questioned the legitimacy of his letter, most likely because he dived into the tense connections between faith and works. Some felt that James's statements ran counter to the Apostle Paul's unmistakable beliefs. But was James really promoting a different gospel than Paul? How do we show our faith that pleases God and is beneficial to others? Let's see what James has to say about this. James says in chapter 2, verses 14 through 26 What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says, to them go in peace keep warm and well fed but does nothing about their physical needs what good is it in the same way faith by itself if not accompanied by action is dead but someone will say you have faith i have deeds show me your faith without deeds and i'll show you my faith by my deeds you believe that there is one god good even demons believe that and shudder you foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see that his faith was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. <clears throat> I get a little chuckled because I feel like it would have been like a drop the mic type of situation right there. Like, I, in my mind's eye, I can see him speaking to other Christians, giving the speech, and just dropping the mic at the end. Anyhow, I digress. James begins by asking the question, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? And then in verse 17 James directly responds to his own query by saying, so faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. In James's example, a person in need of food of clothing is given only meaningless words of encouragement by a neighbor. So James is not arguing uh, that deeds and faith are incompatible. No justification by works is possible since there cannot be any good deeds without first having faith in God. James does not want to imply that faith alone, even if it exists, is insufficient for salvation. But what he is suggesting is that any faith that does not result in to some type of action. Is lifeless and void of any meaning. When someone professes to have faith, what they may actually possess is an intellectual understanding, which is an agreement with the body of Christian doctrine. As such, this would be an imperfect kind of faith. True faith alters both our actions and our ideas. We do not really believe the truths we claim to believe if our lives do not change. Serving and following God does not grant us salvation. Our behavior should reflect the sincerity of our devotion to God. Acts of selfless service are confirmation of one's faith in Christ rather than replacement for it. James says in verses 18 through 20, but Someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God? Good, even demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? The text first appears to be in conflict with Romans chapter 3 verse 28. Which says, man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. One of the central concepts in the book of Romans is justification. Justification is the result of God declaring us not guilty for our misdeeds because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Most belief systems list certain requirements that must be met for someone to be welcomed by a deity. The claim made by Christianity that our good deeds do not earn God's favor is rare. Paul and James' letters are not contradictory but complementary. Paul criticizes individuals who seek salvation by works rather than genuine faith. Paul criticizes individuals who seek salvation by works rather than genuine faith. True faith consistently inspires action but our actions do not justify us. Salvation comes through faith. The fruit of our faith is active obedience. James criticizes people who confuse genuine faith with intellectual agreement. Possessing knowledge of God does not make a person a servant or disciple of God. Demons are aware of who Jesus is, but they do not serve him. James provides more examples of how faith and deeds are inseparable in verses 21 through 26. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. and set them off in a different direction? As the body without a spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Abraham serves as James first illustration. He describes how Abraham obtained righteousness by voluntarily offering Isaac as a sacrifice. The story or the account of this can be found in Genesis chapter 22 verses 1 through 9. Abraham demonstrated his com- complete reliance on and devotion to God by doing this. Abraham consistently expresses faith in God. Abraham stepped out on faith, moving from Ur to Haran. When God called him, he trusted in the agreement that God made with him, giving him the covenant with the blessings, being the father of three religions. And because of his deeds, Abraham's faith was made perfect. The prostitute Rahab serves as James' second illustration. Sent spies to study the city's defenses as part of his preparations for the siege of Jericho. Rahab had two strikes against her. She was a prostitute and she was a Gentile. By allowing the spies into her home and putting her faith in God to protect her and her family after the city was destroyed, she showed her faith in God. Rahab and her family were spared. Abraham and Rahab are both referenced in Apostle Paul's Hall of Faith located in Hebrews 11. Famous Old Testament characters collectively known as the hall of faith serve as an example of what it means to live by faith faith is a requirement for salvation the horrible ending of the world doomed to tragedy won't be avoided by our efforts only through god's love and through faith are we redeemed another significant link between actions and deeds is love which the apostle John raises in his message a few decades after James, he writes, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with our words or speech, but with actions and in truth. That's 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Both James and John use similar language. They're both saying, talk is cheap. John demonstrates the value of genuine love within the Christian community by giving both a gentle instruction to put love into action and by presenting an example of how it must be equally stated and presented. We as disciples have three takeaways from John's message. We should gladly accept our responsibility to give our brothers and sisters selfless care. In concrete ways, we should give our lives for our brothers and sisters. And also we are Willing vessels for God's love. James discusses the application of faith. He's not addressing the saving faith, nor is he implying that what we do will make us right with God. Instead, he's emphasizing the significance of practicing our beliefs. In other words, true faith is not only an attribute or a term that we possess, we have it as a way of life. Biblical faith is not a noun, but it's a verb. It accepts God's word as true. It is responsive. It is progressive. It is submissive to God's will. In each person's life, true faith will look different. It is always visible. Thank you for joining the conversation today. Please join me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and YouTube. My handle is church on the real real. On Twitter, it is church on the real r e e l. Please like, follow and share the content with others. Additionally, on the anchor.fm platform, you can leave a voicemail message on each podcast or respond to the survey questions. Again, thank you for tuning in. Please join me next week. Until then, God bless.